Scrooge Family Ghost by Todd Puccio, Chapter 3, Part 6, Version, November 2023. Fred didn't remember much more until the morning. A morning, some morning, which morning he was unsure of. Fred awoke in his bed to the cool sensation of Jenny placing a wet rag upon his head. She smiled and cried, too, to see Fred awake. Fred asked her what had happened and why she was here. Jenny told him that one of his old schoolmates found him wandering the streets badly beaten and had brought him safely home. She told him that when he arrived that he was only slightly awake and very confused, that he had also had a fever and that his father had called for a doctor and for Jenny to come help. The doctor had Jenny nursing Fred for the past two days and nights. Fred passing in and out of consciousness, and even when slightly awake, he was delirious with fever. It's only now, this morning, two days later, that the fever broke, and Fred began to make sense in his words. Jenny quickly sent word to the warehouse to fetch Dick. After a few sips of tea and a few crackers, Fred began to feel ashamed. He was embarrassed, too, at the fact that this lovely girl had been nursing him, may have had witnessed him in such a state, and in his night clothes. And maybe even less than his night clothes. He absent-mindedly grabbed at the chest of his dressing gown and looked sheepishly at Jenny. He blushed. She was sure she knew what he was thinking at that moment. She grinned and touched his hand. Oh, my dear young man, fear not. I may have seen more than you would wish me to, but I assure you that your father saw to it that I did not see anything that I oughtn't. Her grin turned a bit impish, and she slightly raised her left eyebrow as she lifted her hand and gently pinched Fred's cheek. This combination of grin, raised eyebrow, and pinch of cheek was an affectionate gesture that Jenny conducted often over the past few years whenever she wished Fred to know that she was more than merely amused with him, but also drawn to him in love. It was a gesture that Fred always blushed at, and he hoped would continue for the rest of his life. This moment of shared affection was suddenly broken when Dick quickly opened the door and entered the room. My boy, I am happy to see you awake. I was so worried for you. We all were. What on earth happened to you? Why were you in that part of town? Fred answered with eyes cast down. Father, I heard Mr. Merkelson and Bed Hodges from our warehouse discussing something mysterious. I followed Hodges to that place, and, and then I was... Yes, son, what happened? Oh, I'm so sorry, Father. I was very foolish. I was mugged in an alleyway. Jenny said, Oh, my dear, it's a miracle that you were not killed. Fred could not look into either of their eyes. I suppose I might have been, except some man frightened my attackers away. Fred gathered his courage for a moment and looked his father in the eyes. I'm so sorry, father. I had not gone directly to the bank. They took all of the money that I had in my coat. Your salary, my salary, and the weekly deposit, it is all gone. I suppose that I will have to owe it to the company and work it off with my wages. Fred looked over to his sweetheart. Jenny, 
I'm sorry. We, we will have to wait longer for our dream. She nodded and smiled. Dick grasped his son's hand and gave an assuring look into his eyes. Yes, son, we will work it off together, and it is more important that you are here with us safe at home. A few more moments with his father in conversation were interrupted by another light knock on the bedroom door. Jenny went to the door, opened it slightly, and peered into the crack. She turned and asked Fred if he would be in the mood for another visitor. Fred sat up a little straighter and nodded. Jenny opened the door to show a young man about Fred's age, tattered hat in hand, and in stained street clothes. Hello, Freddy, do you recognize me? Fred broadened his smile, endured his pains, and exclaimed, Well, as I live and breathe such as I can, it's my old schoolmate, Topper. The shabbily dressed young man smiled. It was you, Topper, Fred asked. You found me on the street and brought me home? Yes, my boy, my old boy it was. How can I ever thank you, old chum? What were you doing in that part of town? I was selling fish and chips from my little cart. When I saw that handsome almost hit you, I recognized you immediately. I remembered the address of your father's house and hoped you still lived there. Fred reached out his hand to Topper and they shook hands. Yes, well, yes, you were quite right. The two old schoolmates chatted for a few minutes about old times and catching up until Fred became fatigued and needed to sleep. But before he left, Fred insisted that he would help find Topper a better situation and reacquaint him to the family more often. Topper, Fred asked, fish and chips? Surely you were destined to greater things. Topper looked down to his feet. Well, you see, since my father died, I had to support my mother and my brothers and sisters. I could not go on with any more school. Well, yes, of course, we all know hard times, my friend. Do you have any other skills? I dare say my mother taught me how to sew and put together some good outfits. Oh, yes, I remember. Fred turned to his father and Jenny, who were still in the room. Topper here was always the best-dressed lad in school. You made those clothes yourself? My mother and myself together. Well, then, my father and I are acquainted with some tailors. We shall inquire to an apprenticeship for you. Topper looked up in hope and smiled. You would do that for me? That would be mighty kind of you. Bless you. Dick and Jenny then rose up from the chairs and escorted Topper out of the room so that Fred could sleep.